Welcome to C's for Creepy. My name is Elise. And my name's Courtney. Join us every week as we discuss our favorite true crime and paranormal stories. From A to Z. Welcome back to another episode of C's for Creepy. Thank you so much to everyone for listening to last week's episode. This week we are finally on Z. So, big shout out to everyone who's been here since A. Yes, and you know what? Even if you're newcomers, we see you, we appreciate you too. Yes, it has been such an amazing, fun journey for us, and can't believe it's already Z. Or Zed, if or we're Zed. Canadian. <laughs> Same shit, different pile. <laughs> okay. All right, what's your Z? So, my Zed is for zoo crimes okay like stealing zoo animals i was going to go down that route but i didn't find a case that caught my eye so we're going with a slightly sadder story okay but yeah so just buckle up uh i was really debating whether i was going to cover this just because it is just so sad sad and and if you're just like mad at it, it's just a lot. Okay. But we're gonna do it. Buckle up. Buckle up. Okay. Going to the zoo. I love <laughs> the zoo. <laughs> okay. So from Miriam Webster, a zoo, which is short for zoological garden. I did not know that. I did not either. I thought that was so fun. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Okay. A zoo is a facility with usually indoor and outdoor settings where living, typically wild animals, are kept, especially for public exhibition. Okay. The first modern zoo was opened and is still operating. It is the Tiergarten Schoburn, located in Vienna, Austria. It was first made available for public viewing in 1765. Holy shit. Although it was created in 1752 for the royal family. Hmm. Okay. Private exotic animal collections have been around much longer, with some evidence indicating menageries being present as far back as 3,500 B.C. in Egypt. Hmm. Used as a status symbol of power and wealth, rulers from all over the globe collected exotic living animals, either after discovery or after being gifted these animals. Could you imagine if someone just, like, gifted you an elephant? That is my dream. I know, but could you imagine just, like, having no idea it was coming and then all of a sudden you have this elephant? So, actually, there was quite a few rulers. One of them was gifted, like, three leopards, I want to say, or, like, lion, like some three big cats. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I'll just stick it in the tower. This is the, this is the big cat room. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. There are different types of zoos each generally focusing on a specific theme or a variety of animals. So this includes petting zoos, which feature goats and chickens. So like domesticated animals that you can touch. Mm-hmm. They're friendly. Um, there is also safari parks, which do not have traditional cages, 
but instead allow animals to roam greater distances, but, like, they still keep them separated. Mm-hmm. The visitors of these zoos get to drive through the park, and there's the possibility that an animal could come close up, which mm-hmm. is, is kind of neat. Another type is aquaria, which features aquatic animals. As well, there are theme parks that combine rides, stage shows, and entertainment with different animals in enclosures or as a part of the acts. Okay. The last kind of zoo I'm going to mention are roadside zoos. These are generally found in more remote areas and tend not to follow regulations of traditional zoos, thus allowing people to pet tiger cubs, for example. Okay. So, yep. Not a fan of roadside zoos. You want to go no. to like give your money to an accredited zoo if you are going to go to one. I agree. Yes. Yep. Don't don't give money to these people that just let you. Same with um. So not zoo related, but like if you go traveling and somebody like with a monkey tries to you know get take a picture with the monkey and you and then get you to pay for the photograph, like don't do that. Don't do that. That's exploiting the animals. Most of them are like like you know they're forced to be trained you don't know how they got that animal so Mm -hmm. just remember these are living creatures gotta respect them Mm -hmm. okay so there are some clear issues with keeping animals in captivity problems arise when animals are mistreated abused not fed properly neglected and so on Mm mm-hmm Animals that are housed outside are subjected to climates that are fatal to some of their species. As well, if they are not given enough room to move around, there are signs of significant behavioral changes. Like the pacing. Yeah. Well, that was so common, like, back in the day when you'd get, like, these little four-foot cages where these animals just pace back and forth mm-hmm. that's awful the owners of these zoos have been known to not provide the care needed for the well-being of some of these exotic creatures so that includes not providing sick animals with veterinary care um, feeding them contaminated food or food that does not meet their dietary needs Mm-hmm. Trying to skirt around what few rules and regulations are in place is detrimental. Since in the past, animals have escaped our enclosures and have attacked people, thus being put down. All because someone didn't want to take care of their animal or like meet their needs. Yeah. Do you remember the show on Netflix a while ago? And it was like animal hoarders. Mm, yes. And it was about all of the people who had like copious amounts of big cats mm-hmm. that's the vibe i'm getting yeah yeah there's so uh, there's actually a few examples i had looked back in the day when we had first started for different animal cases and like even in canada because the regulations surrounding exotic animal care is so lax mm-hmm. like people can just own tigers in some towns in like ottawa oh shit yeah there's a few people that like there was this one guy in particular that owned like a few tigers and i think maybe some lions and i think he was attacked by them don't quote me i want to touch on that another time i'll go more in depth but same with like 
big snakes killing mm-hmm. people because like they're good escape artists. So it's real like if you are a specialist, if you know how to provide the proper care for these animals, great. But like you can't just go by a big snake and be like, well, it's fine. It's cool. Yeah. Like, no. No. I think my favorite, there was this, I watched one where there was somebody in the UK that had like an alligator. And oh. like, I love gators, don't get me wrong, but I don't know if I'd want one as a pet. No. What I would love if science could provide for me is like miniature animals. Yeah. Like, like. Like toy size, like tiny, tiny, tiny miniature. Ooh. That's what I want. <laughs> like the Polly Pockets of animals. Okay, <laughs> it's called a hamster, but yeah, no, 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 smaller than a hamster. Like I'm talking tiny, oh but like God. of these big animals, just like shrunk. That like that that you could put in terrariums and stuff. Oh my goodness! Like so, if science could get on that, I'd really like that. <laughs> That way you could have your big cats, but, like, there's no chance of them eating you. Yes, and I wouldn't have to hunt down an entire deer or a cow for them to eat when they're hungry. This is true. You could just right. go and get some beef jerky from 7-Eleven. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, so back to sadness. Um, so the list is extensive of crimes that have occurred against these caged animals, with reports of 200 animals being seized, so this is recently, um, there was 200 animals seized from a Montreal zoo in 2019, but the owner did not face criminal charges from this instance. Instead, the man in question simply had to pay a $6,800 fine and was banned from owning animals for commercial purposes for five years. So... Sweet Jesus, so after five years, he could just go and try and open a new zoo. Yeah, and, like, he can still own pets and stuff. Why were 200 animals taken away? So the um, care was not there, so that's instances of sick animals, um, animals being put down inhumanely, um, animals not being fed properly, cage conditions being disgusting. I'm curious where the line is that it's... A quirk or a hobby verging on hoarding. Oh, 100%. Well, like, this was an accredited zoo. Yeah, but there's absolutely no need for two, <coughs> for 200 tigers. No, no, no. Not, ti- not like, just tigers. Just oh. animals. Like, all of the exotic animals. Still. I mean, like, but you get the Calgary Zoo, for example, right? That has that many animals. Yeah. And people do come from all over the world to look at them. Mm-hmm. So, like, I and like the basis why public zoos were first started was for scientific research and you know learning the behavioral behaviors of these animals. Mm-hmm. It's just people that get their hands on them might not always have their best interest in heart. And just exploit them without giving them the proper care yeah. needed. Mm-hmm. But I definitely like, especially private collections. I could see how that's more animal hoarding versus collecting. Yeah. Ew. 
No. That's such a gross term for a living creature. Right. Collecting. I agree, but you know I'm not wrong. <laughs> I know. That's just gross. Okay. Uh, so, keeping this stuff in mind, let's get on to my case. I'm going to be covering Tatiana the Tiger, who is living in the San Francisco Zoo. Okay. So, from the Mer- from the Mercury News, um, they did a segment which covered her kind of like how her life was going, like her birth to how she ended up where she was. So she was a Siberian tiger, and Tatiana was born at the Denver Zoo in 2003. Her mother, Katrina, had given birth to three cubs, and it was a really big deal because these were the first tiger cubs born in the city for nine years. Okay. So... Um, their births were super celebrated. In attempts to document the cubs, a camera was set up to capture the baby tigers and like kind of see what they were up to, like a little baby cam. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't really work because they were either sleeping or like out of range of the camera, but cute idea. Uh, Tatiana's first recorded weight was 9 pounds, 9 oun- ounces, and she was actually the smallest of the litter. Oh. <laughs> Holy. Okay. <laughs> it was documented by her keepers that her smaller size did not stop Tatiana from being incredibly gutsy. She was dominant, extremely curious, and would follow her mother around everywhere in order to learn from her like, and how to behave. Mm-hmm. The cubs were all taught to respond to commands such as down, sit, and up. The keepers at the zoo would give them diet meatballs when they were given vaccinations. Okay. <clears throat> Tatiana lived at the Denver Zoo until December 16th, 2005, when she was donated to the San Francisco Zoo. So, Tony was a 15-year-old male Siberian tiger. Tony, Tony the, tiger. the tiger. Yeah. <laughs> But he had just lost his mate, Emily, in 2004 due to cancer. And having a much younger tiger brought new life to him. So okay. It was really great. Uh, the pair were very playful and they got along well. It, you know, like, that's always a potential for those kind of meetings to go very south. So mm-hmm. it's always great when introductions are good. Yeah. This move was in hopes that the tiger couple would bring more cubs to the world, but uh, after a few years they had together, uh, none were born. So, too bad, but I mean, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So, now, after a month of living at the San Francisco Zoo, Tatiana warmed up and she became loud and vocal and just, she settled in. She was comfortable there. Um, that reminds me of my cats, who mm-hmm. are also loud. Mm-hmm. So, in 2006, an incident occurred. On December 22nd, a zookeeper named Lori Homjan was feeding Tatiana through the bars of her cage. Mm-hmm. The zookeeper had bent down to pick up a piece of raw meat that was just outside of the enclosure when Tatiana reached through the bars and, and grabbed Lori's arm with her claws, and dragged the 43-year-old woman, like, in close. Oh, no. Oh, it gets worse. 
This was during the afternoon, right after a public feeding show, and there was a crowd of about 50 people there, including a lot of young children. Oh, no. With her claws embedded deep into Lori's left arm, Tatiana managed to grab hold of the distraught woman's right hand, and she began to eat it. Oh, no. The tiger was eating her way up Lori's arm, when her shrieking and flailing finally caught the attention of the crowd of 50 people there. Oh, no. Oh, no. It was actually really fun. Like, not funny, but, like, cute, kind of. Because there was a guy that was interviewed who had brought his kids to the zoo and, like, had witnessed everything. And the kid was like, next time we should see the penguin feeding and not the zoo feeding the woman to a tiger but child dear lord she's like i don't want to tell him that wasn't planned (laughs) what do i do oh that's funny (laughs) it's not but (laughs) it's not planned sir that was a horrible accident oh man okay so three men attempted to pull the woman out of the 350 pound tiger's grip but she was unrelenting It wasn't until a zoo employee jabbed Tatiana with a long pole in the head that she finally let go. Holy shit. One witness said, quote, what was left of her arms was hanging in strings, unquote. Oh. Just, like, as a mental picture, because I found one interview that, like, described everything. Everything else was very vague, like, the tiger grabbed her and ripped her skin. Oh. Did did it. It was just that simple? Yeah, no. It's never that simple. Okay, immediately following the attack, Tatiana was observed, continuing to reach out under the lower bars of her cage at people. Like, that was that night, like, the rest of the day, pretty much, she was, like, kind of... Grab someone. Yeah. Oh, good God. The next day, though, the her behavior was totally back to normal. And, hmm. like, she... Like, and even before this, she didn't have any prior incidents. There was no aggression towards people before this moment. Okay. So Lori had started working for the San Francisco Zoo in 1997. And it was, like, apparent that nobody would have ever expected this to happen. No. Otherwise, she never would have reached for that meat if she didn't have some form of trust with the animal. Mm-hmm. While she survived this mauling, she was left severely scarred and permanently impaired even after going through several surgeries and skin grafts. An investigation performed by the California Occupational Safety and Health Administration found that the zoo was at fault for the incident, citing that the zoo had inadequate safety precautions and staff training. So, it's still a wild animal. Mm-hmm. You should, <clears throat> you never know. And, like, when I was reading these articles, there was several different zookeepers that had had similar experiences with big cats. Saying, like, yeah, they get along with you great, and then one day they just snap. Mm-hmm. Because that instinct kicks in, and like you're a person going for a piece of meat that, and you're in reaching distance. Yeah, like it happens. You should not be going for that meat. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So after recovering from her attack, Lori sued the zoo uh, for damages, and she settled for an undisclosed amount. Okay. Uh, the zoo closed the lion house where the incident occurred, and they remodeled the cages to prevent anything like this from happening again. Mm-hmm. So let's get to the second incident. Okay. So just over one year later, on December 25th, 2007, the San Francisco Zoo was open on Christmas Day. It was around closing time, and there were a few patrons left, like between 20 and 25. Like it, People were milling out, but there were three men. Armit Pal, who went by Paul, and Colbert Daliwal, who were brothers, and there was they were accompanied by their friend, Carlos Eduardo Sousa Jr. It was around 5 p.m. in the evening when Tatiana escaped from her open-air enclosure. The men had heard rustling from the bushes, and when they looked, a tiger pounced on Paul. Oh, sweet Jesus. She then proceeded to attack and kill Sousa, while the brothers watched horror-struck. They ran over to the zoo cafe, which had already locked its doors as it was closed for the night. An employee inside would not unlock the doors to let the brothers in. But, she, well, I should say, but they did call 911 at 507. The transcripts of all the calls have since been released, and it is clear that the zoo employee did not believe that an animal attack had taken place. Quote, I don't know if they're on drugs or what. They're screaming about an animal that attacked them, but there's no animal out. He's talking about a third person, and I don't see a third person. End quote. I'm sorry. What? Uh-huh. You work for a zoo, do you not? Uh-huh. Oh, fuck. Well, and like, what kind of protocol is that? Like, if somebody's reporting an escaped animal, why are you not at, like... Code red. Yeah. Shut this shit down. It's a lot easier to overreact. Like, you should overreact in that situation rather than underreact. 100%. It's a lot easier to be like, whew, false alarm, than, are you sure? I just got two more people killed. Yeah. Jesus. So it took zoo employees six minutes to confirm that a tiger was on the loose and called in again. uh, They called in a code one. So that's tiger escape. Okay. Three minutes later, the request for tranquilizers and armed backup was called in as well. Despite getting to the zoo in good time, paramedics and police were not granted access to the zoo by security, who had locked down the gates to prevent the tiger from leaving the zoo which i understand that practice of trying to prevent the tiger from escaping but somebody's there's three wounded men in there Mm -hmm. and who knows how many more yeah and it was actually really freaky because like i was able to listen to some of these 911 calls because the zoo employee had called security had called and then one of the Dollywall brothers had called as well. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's on the phone with the dispatcher being like, where are they? Like, nobody's helping me. 
My brother is bleeding. They're not giving me towels. Mm-hmm. Like, where are they? It's been over 10. I've been on the phone 10 minutes with you. Yeah. And there's a tiger on the loose. Jesus, fuck. I'm sorry, you don't have a man door for all these people just to quickly walk through? Something. That's some shit-ass protocol. Well, like, I get that the paramedics would hang back because their safety is priority as well. But, like, I mean, where's your tranquilizer people? Like, Mm -hmm. it just seems like very poorly written protocols, in my opinion. I'm obviously not a security expert, but... It feels like things I'm not could have been lie, planned. Though. If I was bit by a tiger and some wench was like, mm, sorry, don't sort of walk. <laughs> have a nice day, I guess. <laughs> I, Oh, the co- he was not pleasant. And I can't say I blame him, but we'll I, get to it. Okay. With all the delays, Tatiana had time to stalk down the brothers and attack Kilbear. Having finally been granted access to the zoo... Police saw the attack on Colbert, but could not shoot for fear of hitting the man. Police caught the distraction, which made the tiger turn her attention towards them. She then was shot in the forehead and killed. Jesus. I know. We'll we'll get to it. It was unclear if this tiger was the only one on the loose. Zoo officials thought that there could have been up to four tigers that had escaped, but it was confirmed after 20 minutes, Tatiana was the only one who had. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Nobody thought while well, this one tiger is distracted eating people to maybe just teetle on our way over to the tiger enclosure and make sure, you know, the other ones are still there. I mean, I feel like there was a lot of panic at that point, and we already have assessed that they're planning... Is maybe not the best. What year was this? This was 2007. Okay, so security cameras were a thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. This isn't like Jurassic Park where they just have a room full of cameras? <laughs> I'm sure they have a room full of cameras. But I don't know. There was no other explanation. Sorry, we're closed for living. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the actual fun. To be fair, though, I remember working in customer service, and if somebody was banging on the door at 5.01, I'd be like, (laughs) I feel like if they were like, somebody's trying to kill me. Yeah, I might change my mind a little bit, but like, I would probably be dragging my feet, too, to open the door, just in case they were trying to buy something. (laughs) Oh, man. Just like, giving them the benefit of the doubt. (laughs) I think the bleeding would have been... The bleeding should have given it away. Yeah. (laughs) So the zoo was closed until January 3rd. So how did Tatiana escape her enclosure? Negligence. An investigation went underway to determine the answer to that question. Mm -hmm. After confirming that the doors to her open-air enclosure had not been tampered with, the only possible way she got out was from leaping up or climbing out of her enclosure. So, like, I'm going to include pictures of, like, what, like, it looks like, just because, like, I couldn't picture it in my mind, because, like, at least at the Edmonton Zoo, they were all, like, the cages, right? The tiger cage doesn't have a top on it. No, 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 not a top, but, like, they're, like, they're not dug into the ground, right? 
You were just there. That's why I'm asking. I'm just trying to think, like, dug into the ground. What do you mean? So, like, it's kind of like a pit, almost. So the wall is like a pit, and, like, people can, like, just look down into oh, it. Oh, no. No. So, yeah. Edmonton's is, um, like, you're on the same level as the tigers, and yeah, they have, have huge fucking cages. Yeah, tall cages. And they actually have, like, two or three walls of cages between you and yeah. the wolves and the tigers and anything yeah. that will eat your face. Well, that's nice. So, yeah. So it's pretty much just, like, a pit. And there's... I've got an actual description of it, so I'm not going to get into that right now. Okay. Anyways. Okay. So, many zoo officials did not believe that the tiger would have been able to jump out of her enclosure on her own because they claimed that it was 18 feet tall. The director of the zoo believed that the 350-pound tiger must have had assistance in making her escape, either by someone, like, hanging a board or dangling legs for her to grab on. Okay. <laughs> Their other thought was that it was unlikely that Tatiana would have attempted to escape unless she had been provoked. The brothers claimed that they had done no such thing. Well, every story has two sides, and the truth is generally in the middle. Mm-hmm. So first, let's talk about the enclosure. Like I said, I'm going to have a picture on the Instagram. So I'm going to do my best to describe what it is. There's going to be a lot of numbers. Okay. Okay. So there is the tiger grotto wall. And that's like where the tiger setup is. That's like where the enclosure is pretty much. Okay. Okay. That grotto is 10 feet tall. Which really isn't that much when you think that a tiger is what eight feet long about there yeah okay i I think i don't know honestly i don't know i just know that they're that they weigh a lot (laughs) yeah yeah okay 33 feet away from the grotto was the actual wall of the enclosure between these two spaces was a dry moat. So it like it goes and then it goes down and then there's a space in between and then there's the wall. Okay. The bottom of the moat was only 20 feet away between the two walls. Okay. Now interestingly, these next two numbers are very important. The wall of the moat that claimed to be 18 feet tall was actually measured to be 12 and a half feet <gasps> tall. Oh no. The national recommended height for tiger enclosures was 16 feet. So not only was it shorter than what they claimed, it was much shorter than the national recommendation. Mm-hmm. Tigers have been known to leap vertically to heights as high as 12 feet in the air, and they can jump around 18 feet horizontally. Hmm. These are good jumpers, in other words. Now, the zoo directors claimed that because Tatiana wasn't a wild tiger, she was not in the same shape that they would have been, so it was unlikely she could have made that jump. Bro, like, they're trying to fat shame this tiger. Hmm? My chubby cats can jump heights that far exceeds what they should be able to 
based and on yet their size. They can. <laughs> right. Oh, fat shame Tatiana. Dicks. <laughs> like, why don't you guys get your shit together and then you can judge her? Right? Maybe make your walls taller. Jesus fuck. Yeah. Um, what is more though is that after further inspection of the tiger, it was discovered that she had concrete chips embedded into her rear paws, suggesting that she had pushed off the moat wall. So, like, she most likely, like, made it and then was able to, like... Kick up. Yeah. Okay. So now let's get to the brother's story. They claimed originally that they hadn't, hadn't bothered the big cats, but let's be real. Tatiana escaped her enclosure, which she had never attempted to do before. Mm. She attacked three men, and she followed the two that escaped. She's out on the loose. There's plenty of other potential prey animals, like She was mad at them. It was them. Yeah. So, in 2008, Paul Dollywall admitted that he and his brother Colbert had been shouting and waving at the tiger. They had also climbed on top of a three-foot railing that prevented people from getting too close to the moat in order to antagonize the cat. Reports vary if the three men, who ages were from 17 to 23 years old, were throwing items such as pine cones at sticks into the enclosure. Mm. Toxicology reports also found that all three men had smoked marijuana and one of the brothers had twice the legal alcohol limit for driving in his system at the time. So hmm. you get a bunch of drunk young men and they just pissed off these tigers. Yeah. And like I had read in one of the articles that there was like an offense that could be placed for like antagonizing animals but I couldn't find anything else about it. Wouldn't it be like under the mischief law? I'm not too sure. I think because it's like an endangered animal too, there's additional fines, but they were never, there was no charges ever pressed against them. Well, I I do feel like karma did fuck them hard. Yeah. Like, catch the tiger by the toe. (laughs) Yeah. Like, do I feel like there should have been legal repercussions? 100%. But I do feel like Tatiana, um, she Fuck around her. and find out. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Jesus. Okay. Not here for it. No. So after it was determined that the walls of the enclosure were too low, the zoo looked at all of the open air enclosures and it was determined that it had to raise seven of them. The San Francisco Zoo was fined $1,875 mm-hmm. for violating regulations that govern tiger enclosures the dolly wall brothers sued the zoo and settled for nine hundred thousand dollars in 2009 they had been injured by the tiger sustaining bites and claw wounds okay carl susa who had been 17 years old had died at the scene after sustaining a slash to the throat Mm -hmm. his family also sued the zoo and settled for an undisclosed amount the after-effects of Tatiana's death touched the city of San Francisco deeply, with many people wanting to donate money and, like, adopt an animal, which is a fundraiser hosted by the zoo. Okay. Since Tatiana was a Siberian or an Amur tiger, 
she was a part of an endangered species that has an estimated 400 of these tigers living in the wild and about 150 of them living in accredited zoos in the United States. The following year, on December 25, 2008, a life-size statue of Tatiana was unveiled to commemorate the tiger. But that is the San Francisco tiger attack. Jesus. Yeah. So it was just, you know, people just fucking around, not following regulations, and you get a stupid idiot in there, or a group of stupid idiots in there Mm -hmm. that just want to fuck around with a tiger because they're big, strong men and want to piss off a tiger. Jesus fuck. And they weren't safe. Yeah. Should they have been bugging a tiger? No. As far as I'm concerned, what goes around comes around. Cosmic karma. Mm-hmm. Jesus, fuck. Mm-hmm. That kind of, like, mind-fucked me a little. <laughs> I had read about that one, like, back in the day, and I was, like, gonna, I was saving it, and I got to, like, actually getting really into it, and I'm like, this is rough, but I'm gonna do it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you for your story. Thank you for listening. All right. What is your Z for? So my Z is for Zozo the Demon. Ooh, a demon. Yes. So Zozo is one of the most prominent and well-known demonic beings. From reality TV shows to literature, Zozo is commonly reported as being behind paranormal activity and hauntings. Okay. Have you ever heard of Zozo? I have. Okay. No one knows what Zozo looks like or what type of being he is. But is it those... for sure a he? It's not a she? Or... We're going to get there. Okay. Um, Personally, they... from what I've read about Zozo. Ambiguous? They could be. Okay. I would just like to think that, like, women would be, a female would be more demonic. <laughs> malicious in a different sense interesting perspective yeah interesting perspective like some of this is very childish and like male-esque okay (laughs) at least that's the vibes i'm getting okay but i'm just a woman so let's be honest here i might be a little biased (laughs) nobody knows what kind of being he is but those who have come into contact with him report terrifying experiences most commonly contacted through a Ouija board, he seems to be a powerful demonic being with the potential to do significant physical and mental harm. Well, that was your first mistake, getting a Ouija board and using it. I know. <laughs> I know. So, he can sometimes go he sometimes goes by other names such as Zaza, like Z A Z A, yeah, yeah. Zo, or Pazuzu. Oh, I like Pazuzu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has been around for hundreds of years. While Zozo is most often connected with a Ouija board, it is possible he can contact people outside of the game as well, through other means. Ew. Right? People have reportedly made contact with him during hypnosis, automatic writing sessions, and EVPs. Interesting. Mm-hmm. The first recorded account of a supernatural encounter with an entity calling itself Zozo dates back to the last published edition of The Dictionnaire Infernal. Is that like a demonic 
book. Oh, that's so cool. In 1818. The same book that contains the symbol that was a representation of Zozo's name. Okay. I tried Googling it, and I couldn't find it. Okay, I was just going to ask if you knew what the symbol looked like. I was trying real hard. Okay, that's fine. Thank you for the effort. Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to look again, but I... Fingers crossed you can find it. Yeah, I agree. The author documented a case of demonic possession that took place in a village of Tealy in 1816. The case concerned a girl who claimed to be possessed by three demons. Damn. Their names were Mimi, Crapulette, and <laughs> Zozo. <laughs> Crapulette? We'll get there, because I have theories. Okay. Okay? But okay. Mimi, Crapulette, and Zozo. Okay. <clears throat> the girl went down the street on all fours, sometimes forwards and sometimes backwards. No, I don't like either of those. No. Sometimes she walked on her hands. With her feet in the air, at the risk of putting passerbys in the confidence of her position. Oh no. That was a, like, verbatim quote. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand what feet in the air at the risk of putting passerbys in the confidence of her position So means. I think because, like, if she was wearing a dress. Oh. Then we, or people would be able to um, see something that confidently should not be shown okay <laughs> that that's not what i inferred okay i'm okay. here for it her strange movements the girl had told people were commanded by the demons who possessed her this created enough of a commotion that a priest came to perform an exorcism on her when the zozo demon left her body it was said the windows in the room shattered Ooh. colin de Plancy, Though, Colin de Plancy, though, was a skeptic. While he recorded this paranormal instance, he did note that he did not believe a word of it, but even his story wasn't the first mention of the spirit. Oh. <clears throat> According to another theory, Zozo is another name for the Mesopotamian demon Pazuzu. If Zozo really is a nickname for Pazuzu, this creature has been terrorizing occultists and party game enthusiasts for at least 2,700 years. Damn. Right? Several people claim to have been possessed by Zozo, and the experiences they describe are nightmarish. <laughs> Paranormal researcher Darren Evans recounted having a nervous breakdown when Zozo stalked and tormented his daughter until she had been admitted to a hospital. Oh my god. Yeah. So Darren Evans told his story about the Zozo demon for the first time on March 24th, 2009. Okay. On an online forum for true ghost stories. <clears throat> he explained how the first time he had an encounter with the demon, the Ouija board went wild and flew between Z and O, frantically spelling Z-O-Z-O-Z-O-Z-O-Z-O. I don't like that. Okay, let's go on. Well, so using... <laughs> While using the Ouija board with his girlfriend. Was it for sure Zozo and not Ozoz? Well, I feel like you would know if it starts at Z or O. I, I, I guess you're right. But still, imagine if like the demon was like, fuck, I misspelt it. Shh. Oz, 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 Oz. <laughs> maybe, he, maybe they did just misspell it to begin with, and then they're like, well, I'm stuck with Zozo. <laughs> God damn it. 
Right? Satan, damn it. (laughs) Yeah. The demon reportedly shared information with Evans from the other side, and he became obsessed with the Ouija board. Oh. But over time, Zozo became more sinister. Uh, yeah. Demon. Yeah. Zozo said it had come to take Evans' family to paradise. No. Evans asked where paradise was, and the planchette moved once, more, once more. Slowly, it spelled out the word hell. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's the stuff of horror films. It is. I don't like that. It truly is. He reported also that Zozo spewed some obscenities in what seemed to Evans like Latin or Hebrew. Okay. So he's spelling all of this out, right? On the Ouija board. Yes. Okay. Evans reported how he then rushed into the bathroom where his girlfriend had been giving their one-year-old daughter a bath. His girlfriend was gone. The tub was overflowing and his daughter was drowning. (gasps) Though he managed to rescue her that time, Evans claimed the demon was responsible for sending his daughter to the hospital later with an inexplainable infection. Oh. Evans eventually had a nervous breakdown, claiming that demons were following him. The demon eventually threatened Evans' youngest daughter, saying he was going to steal her soul. She then nearly died. And Evans, realizing he needed to act, he pursued an exorcism to get Zozo away from his family. But it was a terrifying experience that left an impression. Evan now runs a site dedicated to warning people about the dangers of messing with Zozo. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ugh. Right? See, that's why like, I'm not a fan of Ouija boards. You never know who or what you're inviting into your home or what can get attached to you. I want to play with a Ouija board so bad. No. But I just... No. No. Not worth it. No. I don't care how many cleansing rituals you do. It's just, no. It's not worth it. No. According to one witness, Zozo first asks a series of questions about the players' families through a spirit board before mysteriously extinguishing a candle and going on to cause a streak of nasty luck for the witnesses and her friends. Oh, no. Another witness, who also claimed to have contacted Zozo through a spirit board, allegedly spent some time with a friend talking to a spirit named Zozo, until her friend began to experience strange symptoms that started with a headache and culminated with her inexplicable disappearance from the house in the middle of the night. What? Oh, that's freaky. Yeah. Oh. So... All of these stories regarding Zozo the Demon are more or less the same. Some will sit down to play with a Ouija board or anything even remotely resembling one. Sometimes people will meet the demon on a Ouija board app. (laughs) Oh my god, could you imagine? Um, I didn't even realize that there was an app for that. (laughs) I didn't either. Yeah, or even just a scribbling on a makeshift board or on a piece of paper resembling a Ouija board. Zozo is often said to mimic the voices of the dead who the user of the Ouija board wishes to talk to. He is a cruel, sadistic demon who likes preying on people's insecurities and fears. He often delights in telling them they will die soon and is often brutally 
misogynistic. Oh. He loves to pretend he is other spirits, oftentimes pretending he is three different spirits at once. Oh. I see. So, Crapulette might, might have been Zozo. Be like, so I'm Mimi, uh, Crapulette, and Zozo? Fuck, that's my name. <laughs> right. Oh. That's interesting. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, I don't like this. <clears throat> and so that also is where I feel like this is a man. Because A, misogynistic. B, like, delights in telling people they will die soon. I mean, I feel like there's, I don't know, definitely the misogyny. I see why you get that vibe. Yeah. I get that. But I don't know. Maybe just demons don't have a gender. Maybe. <laughs> so, at first, they will think they are talking to the spirit of their dead relative. That is so fucked up. I, like, I'm glad you circled <clears throat> back to that. Because that is so fucked up how it mimics voices. Mm-hmm. Oh, holy fuck. Okay. Yep. They'll ask questions and be startled at just how much the spirit seems to know about their loved one's life. That's actually... Okay. So, sorry. I, I don't know if you're going to answer this. But does Zozo ask questions about the dead person? Or, like, just about the family? Or, like... They ask questions about living family, yes. but not the deceased person. Yes. That's so freaky to me, how they'd be able to like mimic the styling of somebody's writing if they don't have any answer. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's just really creepy. I agree. <sighs> and people will be started by just how much the spirit seems to know about their loved one's life. And then, suddenly, the planchette will start flying between Z and O. That's when the threat begins. The Ouija will spell out obscenities and blasphemies and promise to drag one's firstborn son down to hell. I'm <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he can play on psychics, for instance, as well. If a psychic is adamant that there are only two ghosts in the building... Zozo will confuse them by claiming there are nine ghosts instead. He will also add confusing scenarios by stating he is a little boy ghost that he is afraid of a malevolent spirit haunting the place. See, that's, I don't know, you must have heard that before where, like, spirits of children are often thought to be demonic presences. Trying to... Infiltrate or, like... Like, just sneak in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have heard that. <laughs> so, Zozo loves watching his victim squirm. With confusion, and oftentimes he takes pleasure when one gullible human believes his lies. Oh. Zozo is very sadistic and loves watching friends fall out over his lies. <laughs> He's a master deceiver which is not surprising as the devil is claimed to be the father of all lies. Mm. And Zozo is a powerful devil in hell under Satan. Mm -hmm. One woman wrote on an online forum, quote, My nephew started running around the house screaming, Zozo, Zozo, Zozo. 
and we frantically made him stop. The next morning, my nephew wakes up, and as we're waking up, he asks if we can go get breakfast. So I put him in the car, pull out of the driveway, and not two minutes later, a car runs a stop sign and slams into us. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, yes. So some other possible encounters of Zozo were in 1951. Roland Doe was a boy who got possessed by Zozo after using a Ouija board. He was eventually exorcised after a violent process by priests. 1972 in Los Angeles, a mother named Doris Blyther used a Ouija board and found herself haunted by a dark entity which sought her and her family harm. In 1977 to 1979, the Enfield poltergeist in Enfield, England, where a family got plagued by a malevolent force. That one's a really famous haunting, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it was that. a poltergeist, yeah. Yeah, I know that. I remember the name. And then in 2012, in Tombstone, Nevada, a small group of soldiers were off duty and decided to mess with a Ouija board just for funsies. Mm. They contacted an alleged spirit who told them he had died in Tombstone. On the way back, one of the men got possessed and almost killed the others in a car crash before the demon left him and regained consciousness. Oh. Yeah, so, some warning signs about Zozo. No Ouija boards. No Ouija boards, yes. (laughs) Like many demons, Zozo typically makes his presence known. Warning signs such as these supposedly indicated that you are meeting Zozo. Rapid movements if you are using a Ouija board. The planchette might begin to move rapidly. If you are undergoing hypnosis, the pendant or pendulum might begin to swing rapidly. Oh. Announcements. Zozo will announce himself by spelling out his name. Uh-huh. Feeling of unease. You might feel a sudden weight of dread or unease descending upon you. And then darkness. You might see shadows move within the room or the room you are in will get darker. If you feel feel that Zozo is with you, do not panic, but take these actions to end the connection to prevent bodily harm or mental harm. Uh So to break the connection, if Zozo has contacted you, do these things to break it. Remain calm. Demons and other evil spirits feed off of fear. Take deep breaths, calm yourself, and steady your rhythm. Close the session. If you are playing Ouija, move the planchette to goodbye and formally close the game. If you are using another contact method, close it immediately. How do you close an online app immediately without saying goodbye? Close. Just swipe up. (laughs) But then it would still be in there because you never... I know what you mean. Do not speak his name. Using his name gives him power. Avoid speaking about him or talking to him. I was wondering about that right after we just finished talking about him. Zeus. Yeah. Zeus. Jesus. <laughs> seek help. If you feel you still have Zozo nearby, seek out help from a paranormal professional or a religious leader, such as a priest or rabbi. Okay. Zozo is dangerous. You should, and you should use Ouija boards cautiously to avoid contacting him. Uh, uh-huh. 
And the references I used for this are liveabout.com, villainsfandom.com, ranker, and allthatsinteresting.com. Oh, that was really good, but oh, I don't like that. I want to hear about more demons. <laughs> and that is the story of Zozo the Demon. Yeah, it was a great Z. Not even a stretch, and I no. feel pretty good about it. That is a good job. Thank you. <laughs> well, the time has come. This is our last episode of our first season. Yeah. I can't believe, like, it's a wrap. I know. That's pretty, actually, pretty exciting. It is. It's, it'll be nice to have a little break, but... Yeah, I think we are going to take about a month off yeah. and just prep some new stories, and we will be back probably around the end of September, but you can watch our social medias, and we'll make sure to give you guys dates of when we are going to post our next episode of season two. We are going to continue to do the nocturnal novellas on the last Friday of each month, so we've got one coming out this friday no next friday next friday yep yep next friday Isn't... nope next friday is the 26th that is that's yes. the last friday and that's september long yes so that's the week that this comes out isn't it Cause... yep <laughs> yes it is okay <laughs> yeah it's one of those weeks <laughs> Yes, so it comes out on Friday. Okay, it comes out on Friday. I guess today is Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Awkward. That's okay. We're pros. (laughs) Yeah. We've got this. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for sticking with us, and we can't wait to entertain you in September. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to See Is For Creepy. We put out weekly episodes every Tuesday going through the creepy alphabet. Check out our website at acast.com slash C is for creepy. Or on Facebook at C is for creepy podcast. Or on Instagram at C for creepy podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, or suggestions, please email us at C for creepy at gmail.com. Artwork done by Alexis Daly. Check out her work at lexxa underscore artwork on Instagram. See you next week. Bye.